Hello and welcome to a special series of Block Talk, which we're calling Block Talk Explores. These quick listen episodes will be split by topic area, as our guests, who are all industry leaders in Scotland, will be discussing three specific industry topics. Topic number one is education and awareness of the industry and what property factors do. Number two is recruitment within the industry and any challenges that we that they see. Um, and the third one is customer care. Um, we'll release two episodes in week one and the third will be released the following week. We hope you enjoy the series. And as always, it would be great to hear your feedback. Welcome to another episode of the Block Talk podcast. Um, just now we're doing Block Talk Explores. Today's guest, who is an industry leader in Scotland, is David Reid, CEO at James Gibbon. Um, <clears throat> tell us your experience with recruitment. I mean, I, it, the last two years has been horrendous for everyone, I think. And I mean, certainly um, finding good developers and good people from, from CPL's point of view has been extremely difficult. Um, um, tell me what your experience has been with recruitment. Yeah, but I mean, it has been. It's it's it's, it's a different generation <laughs> from when it, when when I first started out. Um, you know, and it, well, that was a long time ago. But yeah, okay. Well, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm I'm actually looking forward to the point when you when, when you asked me the question as to whether what I thought or was I surprised by 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 the last podcast that was done. But the first answer I was going to give is the biggest shock I had is that you're only fifty two. But I was listening to that. So um I the, 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 you know it has been de- there's a different there's a different approach to, to when I set up uh, when I came through my career. There's a different approach from when I set up an organization. Um but again most of it I believe comes back to the you know I'm going to say it because you've done you've done the podcast before, but it all comes back to to the culture of any organisation. It comes back to what the values of the organisation are, and everything feeds off of that. And, and we'll get on to other topics. You pick a topic. Every organisation will have a, a flow from those two words, which is which is the culture and values. Where they start, some of it's learned behaviour. For me, it's learned behaviour. Um, for everybody else, it's that learned behaviour is coming from parents, family, friends. I've been worked at other organisations, um, you know, and I, I mean, I look back to what we did and what we still do to this day. Um, probably the the most obvious thing is is that as the generation changes, what they want to see out of their career or what they want to see out of a a job. Um, I'd like to think that we picked up in that a long time ago because there's, there's there's things that we we did very early on that's that's 15 years on it's as in James Gibb it was in LPM and when, when I won that and that has that has been qualities in this industry it's one of the hardest industries and I've been I've been in what four different industries in my career this is by far the hand, hardest industry because it's 
24 seven, it's 365 days a year. So one of the big things for me that I did early on was if there's a bank holiday, take it because you've got an emergency out of our service. So clients can still um, contact you in the event of an emergency, um, but it gives the downtime. Um, we've now went a step further and allowed people to pick and choose it because we know they've all got their different their different approach. So 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 finding finding the right people and then making sure that you keep them um, in the current generational scenario has um, yeah. been tough. Um, so offering the holidays, offering the hybrid working, um, which has been a challenge because that's that when you bring two organisations together, some have a different opinion that they should all be in the office. Um, I think the hybrid model is the best way because you give autonomy, you give empowerment. You, as long as you've got the quality control measurement in place, um, a lot of it should be built on trust. But unfortunately, the way the world is that some people will let you down when it comes to trust. So you, you need to have the, 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 the measurement tools in place there to know that some people are still doing their job. Um, so again, big, the big, the other big thing is the academy. Um, you know, we continue to do, to do it, and that is that you bring people in at a level, you use qualifications like the TPI to bring, to bring them up to the, the, the knowledge and experience and the talent you want them to be, and then you, you you try to fulfill their ambitions as well by moving them by moving them from where they're at to the next level to the next level. So that allows a career path within the organisation, which is underpinned by by the qualifications you can get in the industry, which we have been part of over the last couple of years, making making the curriculum that our IPM offers um, for Scotland and by Scotland. Um, so, so yeah, there's 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 a lot of things you can do um, for the for the way in which from way in, way in which the current generation approaches it. But you need to move with the times and change. People are fearful of change. Um, I've never been fearful of change. I, I see it as feel the fear and do it anyway. And again, people will go. He's just made that phrase again. He said it the last time, and that is ships are safe in the harbour, but ships weren't built for that purpose. So, yeah, you know, I like my sayings. Yeah, no, no, and, and to be fair, you, you're you're right. You know, the the you know, you should challenge is opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, and some people see yeah. it as a challenge, some people see it as an opportunity. I mean, this hybrid working thing, which we come on to in the next question as well, we bit, it's you know, people have different views on it, but to to me, I mean, from a development point of view, and it might be different in property management, but from a software development point of view. If I go and say I have a job in my Glasgow office or my Southampton office and that's where you have to be, I will probably attract CVs to 2% from 2% of the talent pool because 98% of them are working at home at the moment. So you don't, the quality of people, or maybe not the quality because that 2% could be great, but you're not getting to see the entire kind of workforce or, or apply for that job. And I mean, our development team now don't, don't, um, um, don't go into an office. There is a huge amount of trust. Absolutely. But you know, at the end of the day, as, as long as you're supporting them as well, cause you know, it's a lonely place working at home on your own. Do you know what I mean? So, so as long as you're supporting their mental health and all of these sort of things, and, and actually, you know, every single person in our organization joins a morning huddle 
So every single person talks to their colleagues in the morning anyway. Developers have done it for years. I mean, they, they um, what do they call them? Oh, the, the name has escaped me. Um, but they've done a type of huddle um, every morning. Developers do it all the time, yeah? Scrums, yeah. they do scrums. There you go. That My aging 53-year-old brain is uh, struggling there. Scrums. So they scrum in the morning, yeah? And And... And, you know, whether they're remote or not doesn't actually matter. I mean, we've got developers based in London, based in Birmingham, based in um, Yorkshire. Do you know what I mean? It doesn't matter where they are. I guess they don't need to go out and inspect property. But at the end of the day, you know, I think I think a hybrid, I think if you're, if you want to, to if you want to attract 100% of the people who would be looking I don't think you're going to get that 100% if you say that they have to all be in an office. That's just a personal opinion. No, no, you're absolutely right. And, and, and you know, it all, goes, it all goes back to how you onboard them, um, yeah. how, how you have the structure, system, and process in place to make sure that they're supported and doing their job. Um, you know, it's got to be you know, robust and a time taken to, to make sure that that person feels secure enough to work at home, secure enough to go out and site, secure enough to work in an office environment. Yeah. And it's, it's for me in my head, it's basic it's basic structure. Um but um as I said, it's it's um everybody's got their diff- different opinions on it, but it's worked for me. I'd like to think that that model that has been used for fifteen years um and you've had the fastest growing organic property management factor company in Scotland um, and with a 2% turnover in staff in 14 years. That says something about identifying and speaking to them. None of of those decisions were taken by sitting in an ivory tower and saying, this is what we're going to do. We we did staff surveys. We interacted with them. We wanted, you know, we wanted to get a feel for what, what they were looking for. So if you communicate, as I said right at the beginning, it's that education and communication. It's yeah. it's it's about prioritization and organization. It's about structure. It's about system. It's about process. You get all that right. None yeah. of it should be problematic. None of yeah. it. Yeah. One of the things that we we've never really done in the past, but we do do now, um, and that is the number one question on the top of our checklist um, for when we're employing. Um, so you can rate competencies and all of these sort of things, but the number one thing that we have is a is a question about whether they're a culture fit. Okay, and we actually we have a head of people HR, um, head of people of culture, sorry, within the within the business, and and they're not okay. Yes, they're HR, but they're far beyond that. And and Helen and she she telephone interviews every single person before an interview get or anyone that we're thinking about taking to to interview. And she will telephone interview them beforehand. And if they don't fit with our values and they don't fit with our culture, we don't we don't get any further. Yeah. Because introducing someone like that into your business when you've built a good culture can be utterly like sticking a grenade in a room. Yeah. Uh, do you know, again, I'm sorry for repeating myself if we've discussed it in the past, Brian, but, you know, an issue that I've always... It's not an issue. It's, it's it's a positive. If you have that academy, and and when sorry when you're onboarding them at the start of that process, they've got to fit the jigsaw of the culture. So if you know if, if everybody in your business knows what that culture looks like and what you can expect, 
and everybody knows when they're on board and someone that, that they need to fit that culture. Um, and even, again, even if uh, I was never big on taking people out there um, from the industry as I knew it, um, I would always, I would always go outside the industry as long as they had customer service experience and basic values in life to fit the culture. So one, to fit what we do, and that's deliver a service um, yeah. to, to, to what that customer is, no doubt we'll come back to that again. Um, and, and two, you know, um, being, able to, being able to get on with your colleagues because that's another customer that you're dealing with. So yeah, 100% in agreement with that. It reminds me of, I think Steve Jobs said this, although it was probably someone else, better have a hole than an asshole, meaning better have a vacancy than have some someone um, yeah. an asshole in it. So and I entirely agree with that. Yeah. Okay, right, moving on. So we did a podcast with Malcolm and Zoe, from Malcolm, from, Malcolm Perriman from the Property Institute and Zoe from Block Recruit. And it was really interesting. They were talking, they've done this talk, and you've probably seen it actually. They did this talk at the Armour Conference. I think they did it maybe at the IRPM one as well. And it was all about the people in the industry. And it was about um, flexible working. It was about working from home. Um, it was about, they talked about Gen Z. So, um, you know, the younger generation and what their needs as, a, as people, as a generation are in the workplace. And that kind of, not or up against a 50-odd-year-old sort of managing director, owner kind of person and how that was kind of struggling a wee bit. Um, do you have any views? I mean, I have a huge amount of views on this, but but um, I'd be interested to hear your views of that, that you know, that what they did in their talk, the podcast, and this, this subject. I, 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 I loved listening to that post, the podcast, to, to be fair, because, it, you know, it, it was everything, as I said earlier on. It was that the biggest surprise out of that was was the fact that you were only claiming to be fifty three or fifty two. <laughs> you started off at fifty two, then you made moved it's, seriously. It's 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 June, and my birthday was in February. I'm not convinced, but I'm not convinced over the age. But we'll get to that. But um, <laughs> um, I, I genuinely wasn't surprised by anything that they said in terms of the you know the. the the industry diligence and sector diligence it collected, albeit very focused on south south of the border. Yeah. Um, yeah. But you know, the, every, all the things that we just discussed earlier on were discussed in that. You know, it's a hard industry. You know, it's a you know you have to adapt. You need to change. You need to move. Our industry probably is dated anyway. It's a, or, or was dated. It certainly moved forward from when I first went into it because I used yeah. to sit quite astounded by um, a lack of focus on culture, a lack of focus on you know, the structure system processes at the time from, from the ones that I was involved in. So I'll, I'll, I'll caveat that because there, there is a lot of, of, of very good organisations out there in, in the, the sector in Scotland. Um, but, but all the things they talked about, the, you know the three main points are the, the the you know the was it the health and wealth being the yep. two key drivers, but they broke it into three, didn't they? They said they said the, the top one is holidays, the the next one was a hybrid working, and then the, the third one was bonus, which which was music to my ears when I listened to it because we offer all three, um, right. which okay. is my plus. So so if, if there's a top five, I'd like to see what the other two are. <laughs> 
just to mention that they're taking that box as well. But it's a formula that a formula in my eyes that works. Um, but it's about embracing change, as we talked about earlier on. And and ironically, last night I was watching. I don't know if you've seen it. Um, Air, you know, you know about no. Phil and you know, I forget his second name, but Nike. It's called Air. It's all about um, uh, Air Jordan, like getting uh, Michael Jordan onto their books. And but some gambles that they had to take there and changing the way in which they'd always functioned in the you know in the the seventies and eighties. And as a growing organisation, it's seventeen percent of the, the the market for for trainers and and basketball, whether it was right across the board. And all of a sudden, to take a gamble and a change in process, they end up the largest. So it's 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 that it's that willing to identify your industry's moving or be the leader and 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 moving first in that industry. Um, yeah. And, and there was a point you made earlier on there as well when you were talking about bringing people into your business and you've got to make sure that everybody who is recruiting is coming from the same direction and, and they have the same understanding and tools to, to do the job. But throughout my career, if I could go back and do a degree and I had a degree in it, it's, there's, there's, there's a kind of art in identifying what drives people. And and, yeah. and if you could, if you've got it, and you've got the capability of meeting somebody for the first time, and within ten minutes being able to work out what what the person's makeup is, how they conduct themselves, potentially what their own values and culture is, what their ambitions are, what their drivers are, then then you, taking them into into an organisational platform, as I keep saying to leaders in their business. Everyone that heads, everybody that's got direct report should know every every one of those team members and what their drivers are, because yeah. that'll be key to keeping them in your business. And yeah. if they leave your business, you know we we did an incident a number of years ago where, um, just because of a clash in personality and, and other reasons, someone with fourteen years experience leaves your business. Now that. Is a huge amount of investment <laughs> that has just just walked out the door, out the door. Um, and was yeah. avoidable had it been addressed the correct way. So, so yeah. we put we, we put a lot of um, systems in place and process for all for all our leaders and managers and and, and all our teams. We have regular <laughs> um, year end reviews. We have mid year reviews. We, in between that, we have one one to ones. And that's about making sure that we've we have a grasp on on each individual team member, and and and, and they feel supported and understood, which is key yeah. to it. So yeah. you can talk about many things that will make up an organisation, and and I've said it before to you in podcast, but people make your business, um, and if you don't if you don't make sure that that's top priority over everything else, then you can think finance is your top priority, but but the people that make your make your money is the people in the yeah. organisation working at the, the coalface. And and I guess that comes back to the kind of three things that that um that you spoke about earlier with um Malcolm and Zoe. We were talking about with the um um <clears throat> with the top things that people are asking for. Now, you know, I can imagine what my first boss would have said if I'd walked up to him and said those are the three things that I wanted in my, you know, in 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 my role. Um, the second word would have been off, 
You know, I mean, it, it just it just was not a thing. You know, I mean, okay, we're talking thirty years ago, but but you know, you you just got to treat everyone in your organization um, with respect and in the same way. And, you know, and you are going to get bad apples, and you're going to get people who don't fit in, and you know, they could fit in somewhere else, so they you know they move on. But if you get that that core, why would you not? You know, I mean, we spend so much time at work. Why would you not kind of? Um, give them more holiday. I mean, we, we've actually, I mean, we did look at it and if I could afford to get to a four day week, I would probably try and do it. Yeah. Cause at the end of the day, who the hell wants to be at work five days a week? Well, okay. Some people probably do, but, but you know what I mean? You know, sharing the success of your business with your, with your people who have, especially the people who have made it a success is a, is a good thing, you know? So, yeah, well, I heard you in, in that podcast with, with Malcolm um, refer to an organisation, or you knew some organisations that, that that allowed, you know, that um, four-day compressed. Yeah. Now, I did that. I wonder who that was, yeah. Yes, well, well you, well, you know I did it, because, because we had a lot of good people. We'd, we'd, when we started out with a real young, young team, that, that all, as you said, they were all friends. It should, so it should be because the person that's just, you know, ultimately the the whether it's a managing director, CEO, it's the person that's ultimately responsible. But it doesn't make you any different from the the, the team that you're working with. So the point you just made earlier on there about not asking anyone to do something that you're not willing to do yourself or, or have already done yourself. Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a situation the other day where there was a. Health and safety training came up and it was put around the team or right around the whole, you know, the whole team of which there's over 120 of them. And uh, and I entered that and said, I'm going. But I said to one of my colleagues, I said, I'm going to that because A, um, I want to know what they're getting trained up in and B, yeah. then I'm sending a clear signal that, that I'm not asking them to do anything that I'm not willing to do yeah. myself. Yeah. So, so, so from that point as well, there's the... Um, the, the the good people that we had in, in our business and we've done it within the last year as well. Some have went off maternity, some have came and approached us and asked to have the compressed days. Yeah. They are good, solid, loyal, committed, talented individuals. So why wouldn't you compress that in the four days? Because as long as you can prioritise and organise your team with that structure in place, then it really it, it really can work. And it, and it does work and it's been proven. It's been working. Again, it's another 15, 16 years model that's been proven and continued to be proven. So there is, there is unfortunately, some roles and organisations that maybe challenge that slightly, but, but there's, it's, about, it's about looking for other ideas, other solutions to offer them something different. Um, so, so yeah. Again, it's it, it just because that's that that type of chat that we're having there is your culture. I mean, you're yeah. you're, you're creating. It's all based on that values, and you know when when you look at the when you look at you again, I'm gonna you keep driving me down these things. You know how passionate I'm about it. It's like you know I, I was I was brought up to be to be told to stick with these five words. You'll be all right. Fair, reasonable, rational manners and respect. You take that into an organisation and you apply the same you apply the same set of 
values might be different words, but but they remain the same. So yeah. so if you approach everything, whether it's whether it's dealing with homeowners, home builders, suppliers, your colleagues, and apply the same formula, you really can't go wrong. So yeah. Yeah, no, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay, so so right. So we talked about um, Malcolm and Zoe's um, kind of podcast and the stuff they've been doing. So let's kind of think about right. So so you got Gen X. So you've got the older guys who have probably. I mean, I've only ever had one interview in my entire life. So uh, and that was when I was in my twenties. So so I don't know if that was because I was so crap at but but start my own business. But never mind. Um, so um, well, so the. People, I was going to say our age, but obviously you're at least a couple of years younger than me. Um, people of, um, or maybe maybe closer, but people our age are in a job for a long, long, long period of time. You know, you've got millennials, and then you've got this new Gen Z, as I call it, but that's very American. Gen Z kind of um, um, people in the um, in the in the in the workforce who kind of seem to jump about jobs quite a lot, and you know, and and are more thinking about what's in it for them rather than what's in it for the business and these sort of things. Have you done anything to adjust and accommodate for for all, all of these kind of three different, I guess, generations in the workforce? That comes back to communication issue. Right. It's about speaking to them, speaking to them and all you know, through through staff surveys, which we do regularly. Um, yep. Give everybody a chance because there's so many there's, there's so many different age demographics of, of age involved in that. Um, if they come back and tell us what they want, don't get me wrong. I've seen some come through and I'm like, no, we're not going to do a beer fridge and in the in the in the middle of the in the middle of the working week because that's a school night, you know, and that might be my old school head as I don't. I don't touch beer on the school night. So, but, but I mean, there's been different things that have come in that are just sometimes a wee bit unrealistic. But but then if you 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 actually are curious about it and you ask more questions, you think, well, I'm trying to think of examples off the top of my head, which I can't. But we have went back and asked the question out of curiosity as to what it is the, or why they feel that that is such an important aspect. And in some cases, I remember one with, I can't obviously because of my age. Remember what specifically it was, but but, but we, we did take it on board and we have considered it. Um, there's a number of things we've actually got a meeting in two weeks' time where we are actually analysing all of that data that's come in over the the, the recent staff survey. So um, any, I don't know. Have you had did any of the other guys give you any examples? That uh, they, I, I guess they talked about. You know, at the end of the day, you've got to. People are in an organisation to do a job, yeah. And and you know, I, I I don't think it's necessarily just age. I think everybody's different, and it comes back to I guess something we we're talking about earlier um, about understanding your team and who is in your team. And um, as you, I've, you've, I've probably told you this before that I did the Clifton Strength certification. So it's a profiling yeah. assessment. And, you know, before I did that, I woke up every morning uh, of life and walked into work think, or woke up and thought everyone in the world was the same, you know. But every single person is unique. You know, whenever anyone says something or um, makes a statement, every single person in the room is thinking something different. So it's about getting to know those specific people 
and what it is that makes them tick and what it is that motivates them and what it is that and what they want as well. Because you know, you could have five people on a team, four of them could be what I would call kind of superstars that are on a really high trajectory from a from a from a career point of view and all of that sort of stuff. And you've got someone that's at a certain point in their 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 career where I'd probably call them a uh, this is someone else's wording actually from a book somewhere. They're a rock star. They, they, you know, they're very good at what they do. But hey, they don't want to be on this big trajectory. They just want to come in and do their job. Mm-hmm. So it's just understanding who it is. I, I guess my challenge, and I don't think anyone specifically said this, but my challenge with somebody who's been in five jobs of six months each is I think they become unemployable. Because well, I mean, we have a we have a, a group of recruitment recruiters that we use that Helen, our, our head of people culture, uses, and they know not to send us CVs for people to jump about to and interview them. Yeah, so you know, if someone is going into a job for six months and then going into another job for another six months, in fact, I saw a podcast with uh, Stephen Bartlett was interviewing Simon Sinek, I think it was, and I I'm, I don't really follow Stephen Bartlett, but I do follow Simon Sinek. And he said that, you know, imagine standing there in a room with a guy who's been in six months and has had five jobs in five years. And a guy who does exactly the same job, but he's been with you for five years. Which one do you choose if you're if the shit hits the fan? Well, of course, you choose a guy who's been there for five years because he's got you out of the shit three times before. The other guy's never got anyone out of the shit because he's never been in a job long enough. Yeah. So, so... That to me is the challenge, yeah. But and and yeah, I, I I guess lots of people will disagree with that. But 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 that to me is where the making sure that the people who are in your teams kind of understand what you're looking for as well as what they're looking for. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's, it's, it's about creating an environment where, where where people feel supported and and feel empowered and. Autonomy, but as you say as well, there's, 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 there's always there will always be people who will, who, who you know, you'll have your standard work courses who'll put in the graph, but with no ambition, you get the people who are ambition, uh, you know, ambitious. You get people who aren't remunerated. You get the people who think that they're ducking and diving, but if you keep it tight enough in terms of what the expectations are from from day one, from that onboarding and how it's structured right through to how you're asking them to report on a regular basis, you can do any. You literally can do anything. Yeah. You yeah. can. But okay. it's only as it's only as good as 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 a, the, the structures that's in place and the leaders that are that are that are leading and managing. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs>